Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Danny Ruye and I... On the merits of going for two points at the end and all of the subterfuge around it. So why don't we do this? Why don't we ask Jay Gruden, who was in that position for a long time, obviously here and around the NFL as an offensive coordinator. And he joins us on the BetQL guest hotline. Uh, He's brought to you by Ted Britt, as he is each and every Monday. Jay, great to have you with us as always. How are you, sir? Chris, I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Yeah, uh, good to have you. Uh, appreciate your time, as always. Um, so, let me put you in Ron Rivera's position. He's getting a lot of shrapnel today from some some defense, depending on who you listen to, talk to, what have you. Would you have gone for two in that spot yesterday at the end of regulation after tying it up? I probably would have on the road. I think you got need two and a half yards to get the victory. Um, put it in your players' hands and let them do it. But on the flip side of it, you kick the extra point, and then you're still putting your players' hands and getting a stop or putting a ball in the end zone if you get the ball first. So uh, either way, it's up to the players to make the plays and do it. But personally, I would have gone for two with that little amount of time in the game. And if you said his players were gassed, that's all the more reason to go for two because you want to put them back out there and try to go 80 yards if they're gassed. So, right. Um, so so, so I, let, I let, let me let me jump in on, on, on just that notion, right? If, if the players are gassed, it was warm, right? I mean, it was like high 70s, humid uh, a little bit. I, you know, I was there, whatever. Um, I understand that part, but then you get like a four or five minute-ish break between regulation and overtime where you can, you know, certainly, you know, recapture yourself a little bit, what what have you. Uh, and, and of course, it's on a short week, right? So now you, you – I don't know if he was thinking about the Bears and the short turnaround, whatever. I, I, guess, I guess what I'm just asking is – from his perspective, and again from yours, as somebody who's got to then dial up a play and hope that your players can execute, uh, aren't the chances that you w- find a way to win that game better by extending it and giving yourself more chances as opposed to one do-or-die type situation by design? Well, it depends. If you feel like your team is playing better than the team you're playing, mm-hmm. then yes, you kick the extra point and go into overtime. If you feel like you know you're playing a, a, a team with more talent Mm-hmm. then you probably want to get it over with and try to take your chances on the two-and-a-half-yard play. Um, I think towards the end of regulation, Philadelphia was starting to play pretty good. Their defense was starting to step up. But, um, you know, it's just a gut feeling and it's something that you want to try to feel like you put your team in the best position to win the football game. Obviously, Ron thought it was in the best case to go into overtime, either receive and get a touchdown or kick off and uh, get a stop and get a field goal. So 
you know, it's such a tough, such a tough call for people to make. Uh, nobody really can understand how hard it is in that heat of the moment to make a call like that. The issue you have is there's no guarantee on the extra point. You know, mm-hmm. you have a long snapper that's kind of yeah. shaky. Yeah, and it's not a, it's not like a short extra point like it was in years past. It's a longer field goal type thing. So uh, that's the only reason I probably would have gone for it. But you would agree, it sounds like that it's a tough decision. It is not an obvious oh, yeah, decision. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to stand on the table here right. and say Ron's an idiot for not going <laughs> too. Not, not, no, no. Uh, they still were in a position to to uh, you know win the game. I mean, they they Terry McLaurin was a inch from being right. in bounds on the third down play. Right. You know, and that would have put them at midfield almost, you know, and said they had to punt and Philadelphia got the ball. The play that I really had a problem with was the third and 17 that Philadelphia had where, you know, they went cover zero, but they mm-hmm. played like 15 yards off and they caught a slant for getting an eight and got a field goal. You know, yeah. you just can't give up a nine yard completion that easily in that situation to give Elliott a chance to kick the field goal. All right, so so I, I'm a dummy here, so I'm just going to ask you as as ignorant of a question as I can because the caller pointed exactly, uh, you know, that. Why are you playing cover zero with such a cushion in that spot? Just because it's third and 17? Well, most teams, when you play cover zero, you're going to rush one more than the offense has to block. Mm-hmm. So you sh- the, court, the ball has to come out quickly. So they are right. You probably shouldn't be 9, 12, 10 to 12 yards off. You should scoot up a little bit and then anticipate the ball coming out quickly so you don't have to really backpedal. You stick your foot in the ground and make an immediate tackle for a gain of 4 or 5 as opposed mm-hmm. to a gain of 9. So that was just a unique uh, unique technique the defensive backs played in that situation, knowing that the ball was going to come out so fast. Jay Gruden is with us, as he is each and every Monday, on air and on the road. Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt Ford, in Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters in Ted Britt Chevrolet. In Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life, lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at tedbritt.com. Good breakdown there, certainly, of that sequence, which led to the 54-yarder from Jake Elliott, who you knew pretty much, I mean, anything can happen, but... Uh, is fairly automatic, and and again, there was no real heavy wind or whatever. Um, so one of the other big issues before we get into Sam Howell and Biennemi is this whole notion of a moral victory. Uh, from my time covering you, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know how you're going to answer. Oh, we lost Jay. Okay, we'll get Jay back. Um, I don't know what happened there. We uh, lost everybody on the phone line, so we'll try and reestablish uh, with Jay. Uh, on the other side as Matt will uh, try and get him back here. Uh, And uh, we will try and figure um, out how to uh, get back to what we were about to ask him, which about the moral victory. And, you know, listen, I understand. Like for fans and media, a moral victory is is a thing that you can hang your hat on and to not feel as bad as you did last Sunday after getting waxed by the Bills. But, you know, like, is there a moral victory today for the, for the Miami Dolphins because they gave up way more points than the Commanders did to the Bills on the road? No. I mean, you know, it's hard. It, it, it's hard. Uh, and I think we have Jay back uh, with yep. us uh, here. Jay, you got me right? Yep. Okay. Gotcha. So I was about, you know, I think I know how you're going to answer this as a former head coach and, you know, from somebody who covered you and probably asked you, you know, something similar to this. Is there any moral victory here that Ron can sell on his team and say, guys, we were, you know, right there toe to toe with the defending NFC champions on the road. And if we would have done this or that, we could have won this game. Or do you just say, look, we were good, 
but not good enough, and it needs to be needs to be better. What what would be your message, if you will, to your team after a game like this? Well, the positive is they came out and played a lot better than they did against Buffalo. Buffalo's a total debacle, and they did improve, and that was very important for them to make a, a positive step moving forward. So, in essence, you can say it was a moral victory. However, this isn't Ball State versus Georgia. This is the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington Commanders in the NFC East rivalry game, and there's no such thing as a moral victory. But you are happy that they did play better. Uh, Biennemi did a good job with Sam Howell. Howell performed much better. Uh, still took five sacks, but uh, you got to feel good about the team moving forward. At least you have a little bit of confidence moving into the Chicago game on Thursday yep. night. I agree. Uh, and now let's get to Sam Howell. I was just uh, watching the second play of the game. Uh, Jay was such a creative design. I don't know if you remember, but they had like three receivers to the left, two receivers to the right. Pre-snap, they motioned Samuel into the backfield so they weren't empty. Uh, so that you think, well, maybe they're doing something there. And then they release him out in a flat. Terry runs a slant uh, to that right side while you have three receivers over there and they get 17 out of it. I mean, obviously not every play is going to be drawn up, but like if you're looking for a play to highlight, man, this is what it looks like when it's right. When he's, you know, when Sam getting ripping it Sam's dropping quick boom not holding on to the ball offensive line holds up like to me that was absolute perfection yeah it was a good play only a simple play it was just a flat slant uh, just a different way of dressing it up they had the three receivers of the field do a little stick concept and then mm. uh, a good slant by Terry and Terry's really good at those slants he's very explosive uh, he gets in there and, and has strong hands and ran a great route and obviously Samuel took away the flat defender so it was a good throw and good conversion a uh, good way to get started. It was a great opening drive by Washington, and I think they had back-to-back drives in the yep. first two drives scoring a touchdown. So that was an impressive way to come out on the road after a, a dismal loss against Buffalo. What else did you see? You mentioned the five sacks. I mean, is it just about quicker progression through the reads, quicker footwork? Like, what else did you see from a technical X and O standpoint that was way different about this offense? Well, they just executed better, and, and Sam put the ball out there, and there were better situations moving the ball. They weren't in many third and longs like they were against Buffalo. They were able to get it out. They still have to shore up the interior of the offensive line. They gave up a lot of pressure in there to Fletcher Cox and, and the other big boys mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. And then, of course, you know you can't give up three sacks to a linebacker. you got to make sure you're accounting for that linebacker uh, at all times, um, and, and that's that's important. So internally, they got to do a better job picking up those blitzes and, and being more stout with the center and both guards. Uh, moving forward, but you are impressed with Sam bouncing back. You know, it's not easy for a young quarterback to come off of a nine-sack, four-interception game, seeing that in the paper every single day, and then coming out on the road playing against one of the best defenses. For him to perform like that, go 29 for 41, was was impressive. Yeah, we were all thinking it would be like Jalen Carter, and you mentioned Fletcher Cox, who had uh, himself a nice day. Uh, Hassan Reddick, you know, we were all thinking that, and instead it's Nicholas Morrow, a guy that they could have picked up 10 different times over the last couple of years, who Jack had in Oakland, uh, by the way. And they, you know, you could certainly make an argument they still need linebacker help. Anyway, long story short, uh, Tressway was a guy that you guys brought in in your, let me see, first train, uh, first preseason, towards the end of the first preseason in 2014. And obviously he's had a very, very good career, Jay, but. Uh, I talked to him in, in the locker room afterwards. Obviously, he was very disappointed in, in himself. Won a line drive punt that leads to a 20-yard uh, uh, return that leads to the second A.J. Brown touchdown, and then in overtime, he shanks one. Is there anything that you look at and say, uh, uh, just a, I mean, it's just a bad day from a guy who's normally good, or was there anything that you saw, identified, whatever, uh, with the operation that would uh, give you more reason for concern moving forward? 
you know, I never try to coach the punters. They're in their own, they're in their own universe. And Tress has been very, very good for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So um, it's very uncharacteristic unchar- of him to have two punts like that. You know, he did have an issue when we first got him of being too strong-legged, yeah. kicking those bombs and out-kicking the coverage. But he reeled that in and, and really has been an effective punter for one of the best punters in the league, in my opinion. And just uh, a tough day for the guy. Yeah, because you guys, I, I was telling this story earlier, right? In early 2015, especially after the Dolphins season opener, which you guys lost because of a punt return, um, you know, a lot of people wanted you guys to wax Tressway, and you guys came out and waxed Kai Forbath and pissed everybody off, and it turned out to be the absolute right decision, uh, which I said, by the way, at the time. Uh, I was not a Kai guy, but w- whatever. I mean, uh, like, like, like to me, that was the absolute right decision that you guys made. Risky, but it was uh, almost like you, you could have cut a player just because, uh, again, he was a young player still adjusting, and here he is nine years later, eight years later, and I know he had a bad game and a couple of bad punts, but it turned out to be obviously the right move yeah i mean we, we did four before Beth was a great kicker he was an accurate kicker you know 45 yards and in and he's gonna make it but the issue was the yeah. he couldn't make the long field goals right. and then the kickoffs and were, then the kickoffs uh, yeah you know we're playing such good kick returns we're like we got to get the ball yeah. in the end zone these touchbacks are critical and yeah uh, that's why we did that move but yeah tress is tress is an awesome kid and awesome punter uh thursday night football uh nobody really likes it we know why they do it. Um, we know there's no full practices this week. How how brutal was the the Sunday? You know, in a, granted a short road trip uh, to Thursday turnaround. Uh, now they don't have to travel, so I guess that's good. Unlike last year, where they had to go to Chicago. Uh, how brutal is that for a coaching staff and for players, obviously, to recover? Uh, it's very difficult, more so for the players to recover. You know, you talked about how gas they were, how hot it was in Philadelphia. It takes a lot out of you to play a football game like that, three hours long, three and a half hours. So, you know, you get their bodies right, so you're not going to go out there and kill them, obviously, Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. It's more about mental, getting the game plan together. Difficult for coaches because you got to come in there and you got to grade the game against Philadelphia, make your corrections, and then you got to get on to Chicago, get all the situational work done, the third down plan, the short yardage plan, the goal line plan. Uh, first, second down, base first, second down plan. So it's, it's, it's a grind for the coaches, too, and uh, it's difficult. But fortunately, they're playing a team that's given up 30 or more points every mm-hmm. game and uh, one of the worst teams in the league, so they should be fine and dandy. Yeah, well, you, you would hope. I mean, you mentioned Chicago, obviously, a mess. How do you avoid, I, I guess, you know, thinking it's going to be easy? Because last year, and I grant it, a different year, Chicago rolled up 400 points of offense, uh, 400 yards of offense in this matchup, but they just threw up all over themselves inside the 10. I don't know if this is going to be as easy as maybe Commanders fans think. And I'm not, I don't think players think it's going to be easy, but the natural, like, I guess thought would be, hey, you know what? We're playing a team that, again, is struggling on in in every phase on offense and defense. You can't have a letdown here. You've got to come out with gusto to, on Thursday night. Yeah, exactly right. And I think the enemy will be aggressive, like he has been every game plan. He's going to come out, let Hal rip it, and then get B Rob uh, some touches and see how he does, and then go from there. But you just can't be too let your guard down too much. When you watch a tape on Chicago, Chicago's defense, they don't get much pressure, they don't cover anybody, and they don't tackle well. So. You're going to probably be a little bit uh, giddy when you're saying, oh, we can throw this play pass. We can do this. We can do this. You just got to reel them in a little bit. Make sure you don't uh, stray away from the running game too much. But you do want to come out and be aggressive at home and 
and get this victory and put Chicago in a in a in a one dimensional mind and make Justin Fields beat you with his arm. Jay Gruden with us for another moment or two. How worried would you be if you're one in three Cincinnati and no explosives in the passing game from Joe Burrow and the Bengals? It's uh, I've done some work on them and it's one of the most mind boggling things I've seen in a long time with mm. the skill that they have on the receiving core and Joe Mixon and obviously Joe Burrow's not a hundred percent but still you would think they could get some uh, plays more than 10 yards. And you saw it week one against Cleveland. Uh, they got a victory uh, against the Rams when the Rams lost their tackle. They were able to get some pressure, but they have looked very poor on offense for some reason. And I can't put a finger on it. Why? I don't know if it's a pass protection, uh, the route concepts or keep to- coaching over there, but it's an odd situation. Uh, and I'll give you all the credit in the world for this because you were dead on last week, uh, and I hadn't heard anybody else really talking about it, but uh, the Texans, my goodness, they just whooped up. I, I know Kenny Pickett went out early. I know Fryermuth went out early. I know uh, the Steelers had a hellacious week with travel even uh, after yesterday, but before uh, all of that, my goodness, Jay, you were dialed in on the Texans. They kicked some ass again yesterday. Yeah, and they're lost. they're minus a lot of starters on the offensive yeah. line too. Yeah, you're right. And this CJ Stroud's a baller, and they got some skill. And obviously, the running back Pierce is an excellent player, and they're playing at a high level of confidence. And obviously, with the defensive-minded head coach like Coach Ryan's, uh, he'll get the defense going. And with CJ throwing it the way he is with the weapons that they have, I think they can win the AFC South. Mm. Mm. And last one for you, Buffalo trounces Miami. I guess we should have seen this coming on the road. Uh, you know, uh, 70 points last week, all that. Does it surprise you? Uh, Let me ask it from Buffalo's perspective. You know, there was all that talk about how Josh Allen wasn't the same without Dable. I I guess we kind of forgot how good Josh Allen is, right? Yeah, I think everybody was ready to cut Josh Allen after week one, having all those turnovers. (laughs) But uh, he kind of shut everybody up the last three weeks. He's pretty dang good. He's so big and physical and strong. He's cemented his place as the number two best quarterback in the National Football League. And defensively, Coach McDermott always does a mm-hmm. good job. He always has a good scheme. They're very versatile in what they can do. They can get home with four. They have a good blitz package. They have versatile safety in Micah Hyde. He can do a lot of different things. And they're they're fun. They lost uh, Tredavious White. That's going to hurt them a lot. But uh, they're a damn good football team. Yeah, and Poyer's banged up. He didn't play yesterday. Um, all right, one more. I, I lied. Uh, Jets last night. Zach Wilson, pretty good accounting uh, of himself. Obviously, some things uh, down the stretch in that game that went against the Jets from a uh, officiating perspective. I didn't have a major problem with it, but maybe you, uh, maybe you did. Uh, but Zach Wilson, I mean, finally, or was this a one-game blip? Well, I think that if you're talking about moral victories, Zach Wilson got a moral victory last night where mm-hmm. he showed he's at least a competent player. He's still got a long way to go to prove that he can do this on a consistent basis. But if he can play anywhere close to he played last night, they'll have a chance in every game because their defense is special. So, uh, you know, good luck to them moving forward. But you can't drop a snap in a critical situation yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, the referee calls are the calls. It was probably holding. It's just a timing of the call that really bothers you because it was after the interception. The ref says, oh, maybe I will throw the play. <laughs> yeah, right. And and Saw said he was doing basically that same thing uh, all night. Jay, great as always. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much. Talk to you. Uh, I don't know. We, we'll have to touch base whether we do it Friday or Monday of next week, uh, but we'll figure that out together. Thank you, as always. Appreciate you. You got it, Chris. Thanks. All right, that's Jay Gruden on the air and on the road. Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt, Fa- uh, Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters in Ted Britt, Chevrolet in Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life, lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at tedbritt.com. And a reminder... 
Uh, oh, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's a different text. <laughs> I was looking at your text from last week, uh, and you had texted me something else, so it's a good thing. Uh, I just stopped it there and realized that that was a separate text. Thanks to Jay. Uh, great spot, as always. Make sure you check him out uh, on Twitter now. He's very interactive, and he's doing his podcast with his sons. I forgot to mention that, uh, so we will uh, have uh, Jay on either Friday or Monday. Probably, We'll, we'll probably do Monday uh, just to kind of keep it consistent, uh, even though they play on Thursday night. And we'll have the, obviously, post-game reacts on Friday. All right, more coming up, including your calls. Stay tuned right here, Team 980. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.